Hello, everybody, and welcome to Take Two. Hello. Thank you guys for taking time out of your evening to join us. We appreciate that. Yes. And this is for you and for those of you who tune in later. Hello, later. Hello, later. <laughs> it's good to have you guys join in on this uh, dialogue that we have here. The one announcement I want to make is that this Sunday we are going to be meeting for the first time. Uh, I mean, we did meet one other Sunday and then shut down again, uh, but we are going to be meeting. We're going to have a large canopy outdoors as well as just room for a few people inside, but we hope you can come. Again, we want you to feel safe if you are definitely a person at risk or don't feel safe. Do what you need to do to be safe. But if you can be here and like to be here, we are going to be here and look forward to seeing you again. I, I was looking back, and it's actually been about one year that we stopped meeting. And mm. so one year, we're going to kick it up. Why not? You know, Let's just turn this thing around <laughs> uh, and make it happen. So anyway, just to let you know, if you can be here Sunday, we'd love to see you guys again uh, and touch base. And, and you know, we're going to do... Church different. Again, church is the people. Uh, but we're going to do what connects. And that's going to look different here in the future, how we do it. But I'm excited about it. But I want you to be a part of that excitement and a part of what transpires. Yes. Anyway, as you can see, I've got Brian here, a super B, as he's known by many people. And if you haven't checked out any of Brian's poetry, um, you need to. Um, where would they find you? On YouTube? or oh, You can. Or... I would restrain. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's some old stuff on there. But, I mean, uh, Super B Poetry, if you put it in the uh, search engine, I think there's just plenty of people that maybe okay. have posted videos in the past. But I'm working on some, some new content that I think is a little bit more relevant to, like, maybe – current me you know so yeah yeah so i think but even old you it's pretty powerful stuff you know and i know what you're talking about there's a there's a lot of color in your language and things but it's all good man yeah it really is thanks it's very good so i encourage you guys to listen to it but tonight we're talking about uh take two from this past sunday past sunday was uh our desire series part two and really what we're looking at right now is getting to the heart. I enjoyed it a lot. It's really an important thing, I think. Yeah. Well, let me let me start with you, man. Give me some feedback, what you did enjoy, or, or start, the, start us start off. Start it up. Okay. Um, well, desires in general, I think it's so beautiful that we're talking about it because, like mm. you brought up plenty of times, in the talk, it's not it's like a nor it's not a normal conversation in the church. Yeah, and it's been suppressed, and um, a lot of like Christian guilt comes from that. A lot mm -hmm. of um, unhealthy, you know, like Pharisee behavior rooted yeah. in that. You know, this kind of trying to obey the law without talking about what what needs or need to be met and why. Yeah, and the, and the beautiful conversations God or Jesus is having with, uh, you know, with with random ordinary folks about what do you want? What yeah. is it that you want? You know, very simple question. Um, I feel like it's rhetorical and it's powerful and it's, he understands. Like I, I wrote, I have a, a thing in my, a running list 
and my notes saying what I know to be true about God. And one of the things I have in there is that when God asks a question, it's for me. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's not for him to know. You know, he's yeah. not. He's not. You're like, huh? <laughs> Wouldn't have guessed that. <laughs> you know, like, is it possible to surprise God? Maybe. Yeah. But I think when he asks a direct question, especially like, what do you want? I think it's more a mirror. I think it's more a. Um, yeah, it's yeah. It's a he's, conversation. He's trying to, to reveal something definitely correct, yeah. to us, um, and it's such an interesting thing that Jesus would care. Yeah. about that right especially coming from a culture that has been high uh with the words high with the works mentality right all that stuff above the water line right. the visible stuff this is what it's about it's about the doctrine it's about what you do and and the like you said at the beginning this thing of desire has been vilified right i talked in the beginning about kind of some different attitudes toward desire, right? There's the stoic where I'm not going to be moved. There's, yeah, the Spock, you know, it's all logical. Um, And then there is the religious where desire, you know, brings pain because what you want ends up hurting you. So just shun it, try and eliminate it. Or, you know, there's those images of people walking on their knees, paying penance because they're trying to squash desire, mm-hmm. you know, whipping their backs, things like that. And, and that doesn't work. And then there is the extreme hedonism where it's just like, yeah, man, I'm just going to party, you know, like it's 1999, which is too late now. Uh, and none of those are healthy. Right. And so what is healthy? You know, how do we integrate this part of who we are into a totality of our lives? Yeah. And I, I, it's so strange looking back that that's been a conversation that's lacked in my life. Right. You know. Yeah. Where's the, because you kind of explained two things, like the hedonism and then the uh, extreme reverent. Is there like a, like I, I kind of see a, a middle that I think is also unhealthy, but I don't exactly know where the desire is in the root of this, but mm-hmm. it's like the believer that's like, I'm already saved, you know? What well, I'm I don't need to do much else. Mm-hmm. I already gave my life to Christ. Uh so you're kinda of like a lack of passion? Or maybe like a lack of passion or a, a a pride that's directed in the wrong like, yeah, I, I love Jesus. I know Jesus, I'm saved. That's it. And but but then they live in and it's not the necessarily hedonism or it's not this but it's like a proud uh arrogance about mm. it, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't do you have an insight to like have you uh, across this this type of uh um, behavior? I've probably been that, you yeah. know, <laughs> in in the past where yeah. you take pride in your, you know, belief. Right. Uh, pride in the things that you do. I guess it's kind of pharisaical. Yeah. You know, looking at it where it's like, I, I don't need to worry about that because I've got what I need. Right. Um, and so there is, a, I think it does lean into a little bit of apathy where we don't care about those things. Or maybe better way of saying it is we don't identify those things in our lives. Yeah. Right. They're not something that we see as important. They're probably there. They probably show up like when you get angry and lose your temper. You know, they, yeah. they show up in, in different ways or when you cry because something beautiful happens and then your desire, your wants come alive, but you don't really tap into them. Right. Right. And remember, I mean, two weeks ago, it was really trying to 
capture these kairos moments, yeah. right? Where desire erupts in our lives and we notice something, right? you know? And, and so when there's not that willing to identify it, to notice it, then there are learning moments, growing moments that we lose. Mm. And I, I think that's something that happens a lot. It's happened a lot with me. Even now I'm trying to be aware of those moments more and more. Yeah. And they happen at the strangest times, right? Yeah. They, they happen when just little things happen and you feel something and then you have to ask yourself, why do I feel that? You know, yeah. what's going on? Uh, Monday was, would have been my mom's 82nd birthday. Sunday. And so Karina in the morning said, Hey, let's get some flowers and put it on your mom's grave. And I had a lesson out in Woodland Hills in the morning and then I had another lesson in Rancho in the evening and so it's like okay but I'm, I'm really busy and for some reason there was this pushback right where I was hesitant to do it yeah. and, and I was just kind of un uh, emotional about it I, I didn't show a lot of emotion to her I wasn't like yeah we really need to do that I was kind of like okay, but I don't know about the time and it was ever, yeah. and even driving there, you know, I was a little pressed for time. I mean, I had time, but I, I was aware all of a sudden it's like, why am I feeling this way? What's going on with my emotion? What's happening within me that's making me feel resistant? And, you know, leaning into that helped me to see that there's still healing taking place and there's a not wanting to go there. Yeah. Right. And then when we got there, I was there and all of a sudden, you know, the emotions come on and I'm thinking and I'm so thankful I'm there where if I would have just said, I'm too busy, can't do it, you know. And even as cold as it sounds, there was a time when in my Christian faith, I would say, well, she's not there anyway. You know, it doesn't matter. I shouldn't go put flowers there because she's not there. She's in heaven, right? Yeah. And I think it's some of what I'm what I just asked you about, that, uh -huh. that kind of thinking, yeah. you know, it's in there. It's like. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's like I've, I'm already, I'm good. Yeah, you know, I'm, I don't need yeah, to go there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I did need to go there. Yeah. I, I so needed to go there. And I so needed to lean into that because um, there are things that it's telling me. Right. Right. And, and it's so important. And so that's why that below the surface shows up. And I want to be able to notice. And that's the whole point of this series is we want to start looking out for those moments. Yes. Yeah. You know. Sunday, what I wanted to point out was that even in our worst moments, even when we want something like what Judas wanted, which was to betray Jesus, and what Peter wanted was to deny him, that Jesus still wants to be there. Yeah. And it's cool. Yeah, that, that, that's freeing yeah. if we can allow it, or it can be freeing. Yeah. If we take Peter's road, and it can be detrimental if we take Judas's. And you mentioned something like that, a version of that in the talk. It was like about when he asked Peter three times. Mm -hmm. You know, he was sitting in that moment with Peter. And, you know, obviously, if he told Peter he was going to deny him three times, he was going to be present <laughs> for those. You know, he was going to yeah. see it, you know, or at least, you know, he, he wanted to be part of that moment. Mm -hmm. And that's like, I think, the beautiful part about Jesus and also like the, the, the commandment, you know, it's like love 
um, others like Jesus loved us. Mm-hmm. It's like if you study and learn these little nuances of how Jesus is loving his disciples, he's like, that's 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 how I have to be with my friends. Like, yeah. be there for the times I know they're going to. Yeah, they're going to deny me that they're not going to love on me, but I still have to be present and still pay like homage and, and lean into them, you know, like, yeah, yeah that's, that's and, and again, we're, we're double clicking on call in culture, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're double clicking on this environment because that's the only place where this kind of thing is safe, right? Right. That's the only place where living and loving like this is something that can help when something like that happens. Yeah. Right. If it wasn't in this love of God centrality, then denying would have been, I'm writing you off, right? right? Denying would have been, that's it. That's the end of this. And instead, when it's this, Jesus leans into it and says, what you have to do, do right. And I'm telling you, you're not, you're going to really, you're going to give your life for me. I'm telling you the truth here. You're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. It's like, now, where are we? Yeah. Right, because I'm here with you. Where are you with me? Right, right. Which is the question, you know, Judas. Where are you now, Peter? Where are you now when you see the truth of where you are, who you are, and maybe it's a little, you know, shocking, depressing, uh, humiliating. I mean, there's so many things that have happened in our lives that we are ashamed of, where we feel. Like it's our worst moments. Um, I wish I could forget that. And God doesn't say, oh, I wish you could forget that too. God says, no, that's where I need to meet you. Right. Right. And healing doesn't mean erasing your memory. Exactly. Yeah. If he could, I don't think that we would be healed. I think we would do the same thing again. You know? Yeah. I think we would. Like, it, it would cheapen what it is. Right. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it would make it less. Like I, I mentioned someone who had committed adultery with the, you know, yeah. someone. And, and it's like, oh, if I just made it, okay, well, you know, you've been forgiven, so it's never happened. It's like, tell that to his wife. You know, no, it happened. Yeah. You know, and I can't just pretend it wasn't there. Otherwise, I'm in denial, you know, and I'm not dealing with this. So I have to deal with the emotion of Absolutely. it so yeah. I can get to a place where I can grow past it so that now our relationship can include what has happened instead of pretend yeah. it was never there. Yeah, I, I, I relate to that so much. I grew up in the Catholic Church and not to bash on the Catholic Church, but I was very like a devout Catholic. I went to like um, confession before I like um, to communion on Sundays. It was like mm-hmm. a thing, you know, like I don't know, a, a lot of. It's a long story, but the, the, I remember seeing when I go to confession, my sins just wipe clean, right? And I see like a ruler, you yeah. know, and I'm like, and if I wanted to do something bad, I'm like, oh, I, on Sunday, I was, I'm clean. <laughs> so my, my uh, forgiveness, like, you know, I could, yeah. I only, <laughs> I'm not going to have this much sin on Monday. <laughs> and if I get to Sunday and I'm not here, I think I'm better mm-hmm. than last week, you know? Yeah. And that was one way for a kid to look at it. But then it's like for relationship, imagine if I my wife and I kept that kind of ruler with her, you know, and I think that is why Jesus is like prompting these relationships. Why he's like the call in culture is, is more his style, you know? Yeah. It's putting our feet to the fire and, and demanding presence. Yeah. Right. It's like, no, I, I want to be here with you. And really, I mean, he was with Judas. I mean, Judas is such an interesting character because some of the other things, I mean, 
it, it says in the one passage that Satan entered into him, which is just freaky, right? Yeah. But it didn't happen until Judas made a decision, right? right? And, and it, it seems as if, you know, I know some will say, well, it happened so that this, this would be fulfilled. But to me, it seems as if Jesus was still extending himself to Peter. You know, when he says, this is going to, the one who's going to deny me is the one who I dip this bread in and give it to. It seems like, well, everyone would be watching then, right? But he was doing that with everybody, right? This was, hey, you're you're in my circle. This is my having basically a family meal with you, right? And so it, it's I'm going it's going to happen from someone who is this close to me, right? That that's I think at the heart of this, and the high, whole idea of him dipping and giving it to someone is still extending himself to that person, yeah. you know. Which, why would Jesus extend himself to someone if he didn't want that dynamic of a relationship? Right. Or even the, the rich man who it says he loved and he was grieved because he turned away. And the right. intimacy that goes along with breaking the bread and sharing the table and mm-hmm. already knowing, you know, and, and yeah. the vagueness of that, like, that statement, I, you know, who I give this bread to, they're going to deny me, or, like, or they're going to uh, betray me. It's like almost like... It made everybody that he gave a piece of bread to like, like <laughs> yeah, in, look inward, like, oh, dang, like he knows, yeah. you know, and because it's almost like we all have and we yeah. all do, you know, it's that's symbolic in itself, you know, like, yeah. yeah. And Peter yeah. couldn't even ask him. He said, John, ask him, ask him who it is. You know? <laughs> hey, he, yeah. you're, you're next to him. Ask him. He's just like not right. wanting to go there. But being in a position where even betrayal, Jesus cares about where you're at. And it still can be in part of this calling right. is a pretty illuminating thing. Um, how do you hide something from someone who knows you yeah. and still loves you? And then why would you hide something? Wouldn't it be better to actually be there? Right. With, you know, with that same person who ha- committed adultery when he told me, I, I want my marriage to work and I want this to happen, I said, well, then this is the best thing that could have happened to you, mm. right? Because otherwise you would be living a lie and now at least the truth is known so that you can deal with it, right? So you're, you're in a better place today now that it's been uncovered, you've been found out than you were yesterday when no one knew and everyone was pretending to be happy, yeah. right? Because that'd be like the hangout culture. Oh yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. Everything's good when it's not good. Yeah. Right. And so seeing it in that light, that it's actually better that it's known. And again, even as we said last week, you don't have to tell this to everybody, right? You don't have to tell your deepest junk to everyone who you see. Um, but it's good that some people know you and confession is a good thing. Yeah. You know, having people that you can open up to and talk to about the things that are going on, even that helps in your dynamic of understanding with God. And and if you don't have someone like that, I'd recommend saying out loud while you're driving, if you're confessing something like this in a person, it would be better if he, he drove down, he says, God, I am having an affair and I'm committing adultery on my wife. It would be better him drive down and say that out loud than to just bury it and pretend it wasn't there. Yeah. You know? Because now God says, good, I'm glad we're talking. Yeah. You know, which is kind of what this story was about, that ability 
to talk. Right. And I like that idea that when last time we were here, where I was bringing up that, that thing that Frederick said about that we should be able to say that these things meet a need, you know, mm. that we shouldn't be um, ashamed of saying, well, this is the need that that thing is being met. And then allowing God to yeah. teach you how to fill that with him and or with love or with healthier yeah. things that meet that need, you know, like, yeah. Um, but to start there and with those, those conversations, you know, like, yeah, yeah, a desire. And I, you know, you wonder like, what is the need that Judas had right. or that Peter had, you know, that need to feel safe. Yeah. And, and even Peter. like, I want you to feel like you can trust me. Like I've got your back, Jesus. Right. Yeah. He wanted to, to have that reputation, that recognition, yeah, there it is. you know, and, and wanting that isn't a bad thing. Yeah. Right. That's a good thing, but you want to have that in the right way. Right. And if Judas felt like, you know, I was hoping Jesus was going to take on Rome and overthrow it, and it, he's not that guy. And so I'm actually disappointed with him because I wanted someone who could do this. Naming that and seeing that desire that he had, what he really wanted to see change happen yeah. where he was, and it wasn't happening the way he wanted it to happen. What could have happened if he had that kind of a conversation? Right. Right. If he was open enough and able to have a discussion and say, Jesus, I've been looking for this all along. Why should I trust you instead of wait for something like this to happen? And it can get there. And I think that's what, thankfully, we can read something that somebody else has went through (laughs) so that we don't have to like, even though we still do, we know because we're we're those kind of uh, we're that creature. We want to experience it for our own. But it's just. Um, teaches us how to navigate through those situations if, yeah. if you pay attention, you know. And I yeah. maybe asking that question: Why am I feeling this way? Yeah, I, right? I, I'm why right am now. I doing? That's what I had to do when I was driving to the, you know, mom, uh, the, the mortuary. Yeah. I had to ask myself: Why am I feeling so resistant? Why am I feeling so just distant with this? And I had to kind of embrace what that was telling me, you know, because it was a Kairos moment. It was a learning moment for me to get in touch with what was going on, to deal with what was going on. Um, and it, I think the fear is that it'll come across like I don't care about right. my mom. I don't love my mom because I didn't go and take her flowers. Or the fear is that it'll overwhelm me um, and I'll you know, start crying and just be an emotional wreck. I mean, there are all those fears that are there if I do this or don't do this instead of just being able to sit with it yeah. you know, and say, okay, why am I feeling this? Okay, I'm feeling this because of a number of reasons. It's just uncomfortable and I'm not over the grieving and I still am processing it and you know, these things happen every now and then. The, these emotions burst up and you start feeling and it's a little uncomfortable sometimes. I think it's beautiful. It is. It, it's amazing. Yeah. But it's scary. Scary. And you have to be willing to deep dive a little bit with yeah. your thoughts. You have to be okay. Um, like, especially like in an affluent Christian culture, we have the ability to busy ourselves out of anything that requires like sacrifice or. Um, like and then, or we can use it as like little medals for mm. like look what I'm doing, you yeah. know. So it's like I think God's 
Jesus was really concerned with their intention. You know, yeah. like we can pick anything in that story and anything in here, and we can say, sure, let's go bring my mom flowers. Um, and if your intentions are just to maybe just make Corrine happy and shut her up, or do I want to like just yeah. so I can show people in my Instagram that I left flowers, like or like wrestling with the idea of saying like I'm still hurting and I don't want to do, you know, yeah. that's like more honest and it's mm -hmm. but as nice as a thing that is, and the little time that it took for us to like work that out, there's deeper yeah. issues that we've been dealing with since we we're little kids or. Um, that maybe somebody left trauma on our doorstep and now we're um, unraveling it for the first time. And so you might have to dig a little deeper and yeah. then um, wrestle with your intentions of why you're not being in any committed relationships, why you can't love um, somebody else intimately, why you can't be close physically to somebody else, why you can't help somebody without telling somebody else, you know, yeah. these kind of things. Um, yeah, and gosh, you know, that that sometimes feels like a, walking through a minefield. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, there's so many of those things. And there's so many people who I've talked to, you know, in the church who have these issues because of not dealing with things, you right. know, not unraveling things, not taking serious the trauma that they had, the abuse they had, um, the the requirement put on them that they couldn't keep. Yeah. You know, this requirement of, okay, yeah, you know, I, I know a story of a young man who in his youth group, he was told, man, you can't be alone with a girl. If you're alone with a girl, you can't trust yourself. You got to run out of there like Joseph, you know, even if you have to run out naked, you just got to leave that place. And he was started liking a girl and he went over and he was alone with her. And he's like, I got to leave. He had a panic attack and just had to leave because he was afraid something was going to happen instead of learning how to. Navigate, yeah. Exactly. How do you deal with this? And yeah, you, you don't just give in to, you know, this whatever you feel like doing, do, but learning how to, how do I navigate this? How do I deal with the emotion instead of just being afraid of it because it's like, oh no, there's a desire. Like, and then what do you, it's like, that's one of these things, boy, this is a whole different can of worms, but you know, the whole idea of like lust, it's not always bad, right? Aren't, yeah. aren't you supposed to lust after your spouse, right? Your, your lover, isn't that what, you know, the Song of Songs is all about? But it's like, don't do it. Now do it. You know, it's like, it's like I've been like squashing this my whole life. It's like, no, 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 no. Right. Now I can. And it's like, right. I don't know how, right? I haven't navigated these waters. We haven't journeyed in this way. And so it's awkward and it's weird. And, and no yeah. one wants to talk about that. We just want to say, no, bad, 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 bad. Now it's good. Right. And we don't know how to transition. And so there's a lot of issues right. because of the lack of ability to transition to things like that. Right. And that happens in other areas of shame, right? I've done this, so I can't forgive myself. And if I let, if anyone knew that I did this, you know, then oh man, it would be, it'd be all over for me. I just couldn't show my face at church again or in my family again. Right, um, and that goes back to intention and why you tell a teenager why lusting is bad or what you know, mm -hmm. quote unquote, like. It, if you don't teach them with the intention of wanting them to understand the boundary of lust and the um, the beauty of it yeah. in, the, in the right fence, you know, like yeah, the, responsibility the responsibility of that something that is powerful yeah, and we're just beautiful. Saying like, no, yeah. no, no. And then now they, you know, that whole 
like rebellion side kicks in. You're like, like the forbidden fruit. Now it just turns into a thing that oh, you yeah. want more. Yeah. And you just end up, you know, hitting everything that your mom said. So yeah. it's just, <laughs> it's just a, yeah. Could you talk more about the, um, the wholeness and holiness? Because I think to, to clarify, maybe for somebody that was listening, that was like, um, maybe at the first time I heard it, cause I was like, you can't, you can't be holy without first being whole, you know? Yeah. Could you uh, deep dive a little bit into that concept of like that, what you, well, what kind of whole does it take to be, be holy? holy? Yeah. 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 I mean, the, first off the idea of holiness is within it, something that is like set apart. That's kind of the meaning, right? It, right. It's something that is, um, connected, right? It, it's like, I'm, you know, wholly given over to, you know, this relationship with my wife and she is my, you know, partner and, and all these things. And it's so I, I've set that apart and this is what it is. And holiness with God is a recognition of our lives belonging to God, that it, it, it's all his. And so we're committed to him completely similar in that idea. How can I commit my life to God if my life is fragmented, yeah. right? So the idea of wholeness with the W is the idea of integrating all of these things, who I am, the way I think, the things I do, and the emotions I have. That's who I really am. And we talked about that a few weeks ago when we're dealing with kind of the grace and truth about, you know, God loves who we really are, not who we pretend to be. Yeah, and we've kind of touched on that. That's the Pharisees. You know, they pretended yeah. to have it all together. And it's like, I can't love that. That's not who you are. Right. So the idea of wholeness is being genuine, being real, you know, where God could love someone who is whole and is still messed up like Peter. Right. Right. So I guess that's that's the, the kind of maybe the confusing part for me. And to play devil's advocate. And it's cool because if you don't know, me and Sam don't really talk about these questions prior. So it's really <laughs> nice that I get to ask him these questions. Like, you know, if you're watching a sermon on YouTube, you can't be like, what yeah. do you mean? <laughs> you know, and I second. think this is cool that we get to have this um, discourse without having planned it. And he can still, because we have, that's another thing. When you talk to somebody that you have good discourse with, have good tensions in mind when you ask questions because they're always going to turn into a fight. And so my confusion is coming with, can I assume then if you're saying, you're kind of like saying two things, I think. You're saying, like, can't be holy without being fully devoted, but Jesus doesn't, loves you and still meets you halfway. So does it, the holiness come when you are fully devoted, or yeah, can no, you be holy without being fully devoted? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we ever know if we're fully devoted, right? And, and Peter wasn't fully devoted if he denied him three times, right? Was he still holy then? Yeah. Or could it, yeah he so. could still be holy, right? Cool. The idea of holy, you can still be set apart to God, devoted to God, but still have failure. Right. I think that's a clarification that yeah. I was looking for, yeah. Yeah, and, and that kind of goes in with there's no condemnation to yeah. those who are in Christ, right? It's like, otherwise, yeah, nobody's there. And, right, and that's what you I know, want someone to hear. Like, whole, am I whole? Am I whole enough to be holy? That's what I didn't want somebody to like yeah. take from it. And like, no, that's uh, yeah. that's a that's a good nuance. Yeah. That's a good thing to to bring out. And yeah. so that's why these things are important too. Because yeah. it's great being able to, even for me, having to listen to what I said, and I start thinking, oh, I should have said more about that, mm -hmm. right? And because in my mind it was clear, but then it comes out, and you never know. 
Um, but yeah, definitely wholeness is just being genuine who you are. Cool. A whole genuine you. Yeah, a whole genuine you, you know, even with all the blemishes. Cool. And that's what God wants to make holy. Nice. You know, not the perfected you, not the, not you the, know, there it is. Yeah, yeah, not the Instagram, what do they call those Filter. things? Filter, yeah, yeah, that makes it all nice with butterflies on your face. Um, the one with the, you know, red blotches and everything, that's you, that's the one God loves, mm-hmm. that's who he sees as holy. Cool. And, and the holiness has nothing to do with your good enough, it has to do with your loved enough, which is that idea of gravity. Right. Right. This is pulling us towards God, who is love, and his love is extended to us like it was to Judas, like it was to Peter, even in that condition. And it's important that we understand it's extended to us in whatever our condition is. That's the good news. Right. This is the good news that God loves you even if you betray, even if you deny God loves you. And that's where he wants to meet you in the truth of those things or things like that. You know, not all of us are going to betray, you know, the way Jesus did or deny the way Peter did. Um, But there's other ways that things show up. And we need to see that just like Peter, he'll come up to us and he'll challenge us in those things. Yeah. You know, what I I didn't mention in that uh, discourse with Peter in John 21, where Peter goes up to Jesus after the resurrection and Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? When Jesus asks, do you love me? The word he uses is agape, right? This is a a selfless kind of a sacrificial, like all in love. He goes, do you love me like this? And Peter responds, Lord, I phileo you. He says, I love you like this, right? So Jesus asks him again, Peter, do you love me agape like this? And Peter again says, Lord, I love you like this. And then the third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you love me like this? And I think that is where Peter had to like, I don't even know if I do that. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't even know, Lord, you know, because I thought I loved you. And look what I did. So those are the kinds of things where, you know, Jesus said, well, do you love me with this? And I love Peter's answer because it's like, you know. And that was good enough. Peter didn't have to have the answer. He just needed to know that there was the invitation, feed my sheep. Right where you're at, I want you to do this work. Right? And again, I mean, it's so touching because think of... Jesus doing that to you in your place of failure and ask you, can you do this? And you say, I don't know. And he says, I want you to do it. Hmm. Right. I'm going to trust you to do it. Even though you dropped the ball, I'm still going to pass to you, man. I'm still going to pass to you. Even though, you know, you haven't hit a jumper the whole game, I'm still going to pass the ball to you. Right. I still am going to put it in your court in your hands so that you can do that work. Yeah. And it's uh, humbling, you know, humbling. And it's like very, uh, I don't know. It shows like, like the power of Jesus, you know, of like, like the trust, the um, intimacy there, the, the relationship that had to be, I think when, as you were saying that, 
you know like every guy i think knows this junior high high school love where you're like like a girl and she's like i like you and you're like well i love you you know <laughs> and they're like do you love do you like like me you know and then they're like trying to define the same thing and i think there's a lot of that going on and then and then it'd, it'd be like like me saying well you don't love love me and they're like well i love you and then you're like well if i wasn't taking like if i was taking jesus position i'd be saying like something like well then i don't think i think i want you to be happy so much that i want to put like love in i want you to find that so i'm gonna give you whatever love i already had you know you, mm-hmm. you can take that with you and then you can like go love at a like more excellent level you know mm-hmm. like you're not telling them give me back my <laughs> give me back my necklace uh yeah you're my gummy bears uh, yeah. you know you're like saying like yeah. like take everything that i gave you uh any love and and life that you learned from me imagine like high school me saying this but like, by the way <laughs> high school me would be like get you know like uh, it'll be like but t- t- take everything take everything i gave you take all the love that you learned from mm. me and then go love exponentially because because I loved you that much. I think that's yeah. what I so. It's almost empowering, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like I, I trust you more than you trust you. Right. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I trust you more than you trust yourself. I, and, and what is he trusting? Is he trusting your strength? Is he trusting the way you think, your beliefs? He's trusting that your desire is going to change. Right. And that's where he's wanting to win you. And that, that's what love is fine-tuned at right it's the heart you know that commandment love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength it it, it starts with the heart right it starts with the innermost who you are i mean i think all parents know this and the fact that we want our kids to love us but we don't want them to love us because we made them right love them it's like you have to love me you know and sometimes i i like with my little grandson judah because he's over quite a bit. I'm like, give me a hug, you know, come give me a hug. And sometimes he doesn't want to, you know, and I'm like, oh, man. You know, and I try and go over there, but it's not the same as when he just comes up and hugs me. It's like, oh, I want more of that, right? I want more of you wanting to come up. Oh, I got a best little story. This morning, his mom was at work, and she was working at a in downtown L.A., and she got on a FaceTime call with him. And so she's talking to him before he went to school today. And she's saying, okay, buddy, I love you. All right, love you, Mom. Bye, bye. And she hung up. And he looked at Karina. He goes, that was just lovely. <laughs> that was just lovely. <laughs> he goes, that was just lovely. And I go, what little boy says that? <laughs> uh, yeah, and so, but it was so, it was like this had a warm feeling for him. Right, you know? yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, great. There was this interaction that was freely expressed by both of them, and it was lovely. It was lovely. You know? Some <laughs> and, things are just lovely. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And yeah, so, you know, simple. that's what God's wanting. He's wanting something to be lovely. Um, and it can't be lovely unless it starts there in the heart. It's yeah. got to be the want to. God, I want to. And there are times when that just triggers and we're firing on all cylinders. And, man, we love God with our heart and we're just passionate about him. And then there's times where we deny him. And Jesus doesn't want us to pretend that didn't happen. He wants us to acknowledge that. He wants us to recognize that. When James says, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 
or for John, I'm sorry. That's saying the same thing. That's what it means to confess. If I confess my sin, if I'm in agreement with you, in other words, if we're seeing this, if we're able to live in this, then God is able to change this. Yeah. You know, the problem is when we don't say it, we don't see it, we refuse to acknowledge it. Yeah. And sometimes it's more like, depending on the aggressiveness of the thing that you're dealing with, the kind of, you know, I brought up the, you know, the trauma and then I was bringing up something that was lighter. Mm -hmm. I think depending on where you are, we have to, we have to attack it with the same aggressiveness that it attacked us with sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I, and I think saying it is a great start, but if we don't help equip people with the idea that it could take way more it could take a tribe it could take um intervention it could take therapy you know like that yeah definitely naming it is the starting point right 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 right. but it doesn't mean that it just ends there yeah 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 for for some things it could you know but some for most things it is not stopping there you know yeah i mean i'm going to talk later on uh, talk about a tribe that didn't have a word for the color blue Mm. And for a long time, there was no historical record of people in the language mentioning the color blue. And it was almost as if the color didn't exist until there was given a name for it. There wasn't an acknowledgement of, oh, see that? That's blue. Right? They had a million colors for green, but they didn't have one for blue. And so when they would see something, they didn't know how to describe it because it wasn't named. And I think that's along this line if we're gonna get to the hard work about it we have to at least know what it is that's and excellent name yeah. it. and so that's an important part of this and and that's why you know this whole series of naming it uh putting it that's what jesus is doing and we're going to go through more places where jesus wants to get to the heart what do you want what do you want yeah and, and until there's an acknowledgement of what we want until there's a, a naming it it's hard to deal with it you know, we'll just dance around it, pretend it's not there. I was watching, Alex and I are watching this show on Netflix called Imposters. Have you seen it? Uh-uh. It's about, the premise is about this gal who makes guys fall in love with her. And then she does a bit of research on them before she bumps into them wherever. Uh-huh. But they, she works with three other people to kind of manipulate this one rich guy. Uh-huh. And then later, you know, gets him to marry takes all his money and then moves on to the next gig, you know, mm-hmm. and does this multiply, multiply, multiplies this and every place. And soon you find out she's, you know, being held uh, under the power of an, a higher being. <laughs> but then like the catalyst is like, or the, uh, maybe the climax or the inciting incident is when it ends up at this therapist's office where she's like kind of in this safe zone, you know, mm-hmm. and she, she doesn't want to tell the therapist what she's done or she's pretending still. Yeah. And then, um, you know, so I think some of this is happening with amongst Christians where we say we're, we're, we're searching out for help. We're searching for community. We're searching for accountability, but then I still pretend in front of you, you know, I still, you know, I'm not able to, yeah. um, and then the therapist is great. You know, she's this like, I'm, I'm, you don't have to be here. I'm here when you want to talk about it. And yeah. there, there's one therapist session where they don't say anything to each other, just staring at each other. And and she says, the therapist says, so you're not going to say anything this round? She goes, well, at least I'm not lying, you know? Mm. And so it was like the progression (laughs) of like this 
like movement towards the truth. Yeah. And um, then That's there's good. like one episode where she's like, I think I'm ready to tell you what I did, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like that, that moment is where you're like, just being honest, you know, like yeah. it doesn't mean you're never ever going to go back or you're yeah. not going to have those feelings. Like you said in the talk, the desires aren't, how do you, the, stopping is easy, you know, like the, yeah. the, the, the desire, changing the desire is the hard part, you know? Yeah, like, it's the one. Yeah, too. and I think this, where Jesus comes in is like, he, he's able to put the mirror so close and and you feel so compelled by how he loved you there might yeah. there could be the shift of like desire there you know like yeah. and and that's the the thing you know maybe Judas didn't think he would really still love him who knows you know we just imagine these things but how freeing is it when you know that person still wants to be there right still wants to be close still wants to love you and the whole purpose of naming it is to be closer to you not to shame you not to push you away um, but it's actually to have a deeper relationship, yeah. you know, and, and sometimes again, that's the hard thing, even for us, you know, in relationships, it's like, sometimes I just want to put on, I want to look like someone that I think you would love instead of trust that you would actually love who I am. Right. You know, and that's a scary thing because if you knew who I really was, you would know I have these thoughts and you knew I did this and you know, you know, and all these things start to come up and then you start thinking i can't i can't tell you that you know i mean everyone on a first date is an actor you know? there you are an actor. <laughs> and then that's in that same show she had said something pretty profound i think is related to it too she says when i found when i find out what the person wants then i can be that mm-hmm. you know and it's cool that jesus um knows what we want mm-hmm. and he's already been that you know like he's yeah. already it's uh, it's very similar. It's like yeah. he's like, I've already, I, I know what you want. I, yeah. and it's and, me. <laughs> and it is, and that gravity is pulling <laughs> yeah, yeah. us towards it, right? right it's right, that, right. it's, and it's yeah. that glue, that atomic glue that is holding it together. It, yeah. It's, it's what we need. It's what we desire. It's what we crave. And he has it, and he's drawing us with it. He's wooing us yeah. when he sees us, and he says, I, I got what you need. Right. And, yeah, but I, I've got it for you, not for the pretend you, not for the surface you, for the real you. Yeah. And again, th- those are the things we all want to be known and we all want to be loved. But it's so scary to have someone who actually knows us and loves us. Yeah. And that's what this is pulling us to. That's the whole idea. Yeah, of nobody wants desire. That. Yeah. Nobody wants that somebody that close because then you, then you can't go back. You can't. You, you, the magnifying glass becomes big and yep. there's freedom there, you know, like I've felt that, you know, yeah. and then I ran back to the, the <laughs> thing that I wasn't supposed to be dealing with. And then I came back and then like, I'm like, wow, this feels way more free. But then you feel, yeah. you know, like you're, there's a desire that you're chasing and you're like, all right, God, feel that, um, take everything away that, uh, fill it with you, you know, like this, mm-hmm. this prayer. And then you eventually get to the point where you're doing things like you did with your mom, like, you're chasing the the root of everything instead of letting it turn into this other thing. Because you, you could have got mad at Kareem later that day for saying, why are you wasting my time? Why, I told you 
that I wasn't. You could have yeah. been resentful. Instead, you're able to yeah. get to the root before it got to anything else. Because we're able, we have that power. We can do that. Oh know? yeah, I mean, and it, <laughs> it, it can turn on a dime. I mean, because <laughs> right. driving there, I I was having those thoughts. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, just to be honest, it was yeah. like, why is she making me do this? She knows I'm busy. Right. I was having those thoughts, and then I was, you know, again, and I believe it's the spirit of God. You know working in our spirit yeah i have that other voice that says is this a bad thing that she's wanting to see happen and it's like well it's just you know she shouldn't have to force it on me i mean who i'd be put away if my inner voice was out loud all the time right this psychotic voice like <laughs> all that. of us yeah really. but you know i was having that kind of conversation it's like yeah. why is she making me do this why is she forcing me to do this and then the other voice that just says why do you feel this way? And that was the voice that really cut through the other voices. And that's the Kairos moment where it's like, okay, I've got to see something's happening here because I'm feeling very agitated about this and I shouldn't feel this way about this. Why am I, you know? And so those are those Kairos moments. And usually when you have that sense of feeling, when someone you know, knows you and something is revealed in you and you have to deal with something that's maybe shameful, that's usually a Kairos moment. You know, that's a moment where you should take notes on your heart, you know, what's going on. You, you might even want to write some things down and notice what's going on here that's moving me in this way, you know, yeah. um, because it's there for a reason you know it's telling you something i ride my bike i don't i don't know if i told this story with alex or not i might have but i don't know if i did it online so if i did forgive me if i tell it again but i i ride my bike in this trail in the mornings and there's this one part where there's this hill and it's a little tough coming from you know upland going to rancho you have to go down this ravine and i'm usually you know trying to push myself so i'm a little worn out in that hill just it's a it's a little work for me but i you know get over it and then it's better coming back one day from that very hill there was a guy in a wheelchair wheeling his way up that hill and i was just overwhelmed cuz i dread that hill I dread like that hill is just ah oh, here comes the hill I've just got to gear myself up to it and here was a guy and I could almost see agony on his face as he was just pushing himself up in that wheelchair to get up that hill and it just moved me and I thought of the resilience of this man tackling on something in a wheelchair that I dread on a bike you know yeah. and it was one of those moments for me where it just it encouraged me. It motivated me. It's like, you know, look what you can do when you want to conquer something. Yeah. You know? And, and again, there's things in my life that I'm always wanting to conquer or things I'm wanting to see happen. And that was just like, let's go. You know, I, I'm going to strap in and I'm going to go for it. And it happened in that emotion of just like, oh my gosh. I mean, I just felt like crying after I drove past that guy. I hate that hill and he was doing it in a wheelchair yeah, yeah. you know so things like that take notice take notice yeah I feel like it's happening all day if you if you're yeah. aware if you're in a place yeah and we're gonna get into how it shows up in different ways you know yeah. how it shows up like a wall that you just can't get past or a speed bump there's different ways that these things show up that we'll get into later um, 
at the end of last week, I asked some questions, and I know I talked to Alex about it, but maybe I can tap you and pull out of you what your thoughts are. Um, what's been your experience with this words, works, you know, mentality, and then the wants? What's been your experience in the past regarding this kind of thing? Are you talking a little more like towards like discipleship? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, my past experience hasn't been super healthy with it just because it, it was taught to me by folks who saying it has to be this way and there's no other way. Mm-hmm. And typically if anybody teaches you that of anything, you know, it could be yeah. ping pong. You're like, oh, there's other ways I can hold the pedal, <laughs> you know, and that's how, and as a creative, you want to think of other ways how you can. Um, do these things. And I think, uh, not even if you're creative, I think as a human, you're like, well, I have my own strengths and I have my own circle and I have people who are nuanced and I want to teach them and mm-hmm. lead them to Christ in the way that I feel God's calling me. Right. And, um, I think when you are taught your whole life that discipleship looks a certain way and then church teaches you it's this a certain way and then you might see somebody like will take you to disciple and you're like mm-hmm. um you know we alex and i actually had a really bad experience with a couple who were trying to disciple us and though maybe their intentions were pure it came off a, a very aggressive and there was that one time they tried to separate us and we felt that that wasn't the best thing because they were maybe talking about us like they're like well there's things you can talk about with girls you can only talk about with girls and there's some things you only talk about yeah. with guys and i was like no that makes sense so we did that we both felt like a very bad spirit about it and then left um you know the group in general and kind of confronted them about it but we're like you know there's i mean you see the discipleship of like the door knocking or like mm-hmm. the tapping people at the park and like, did you ever meet jesus and you're yeah. like well, I've been having friendships for 10 years when I've been that and that yeah. then you're trying to do the same thing in, in five minutes. Like I'm not saying it's impossible, but I guess that's where I'm going with that. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then is there anything about this kind of model that maybe excites you, you know, that you see it as something that motivates you, stirs up some ideas in your mind uh, just regarding it? Yeah. Um, I think the, the inward looking, the call in, I think it's bringing to light, uh, well, the whole series of, like, from the beginning, like, the truth, grace, the call out, call in, like, I think just being able to, like, identify them and compartmentalize them has given me, like, an opportunity to, like, at the very least have language, you know, Mm -hmm. to um, talk to people when they're, like, I mean, I just had, even when people are asking, like, biblical questions, non-biblical questions, like, there's a, there's, there's a power and knowledge you know that mm-hmm. when applied in the right area you, like you you feel you feel like oh now i have the tools to yeah. to disciple to lead someone to christ because that there's yeah. nothing i could say that's gonna save you or you know like yeah. you're gonna have to make a decision i just have to be an example of that i i think that's the biggest works you can do mm-hmm. you know like that's yeah you can live your life your your life is the example and they can feel compelled or not compelled but there's going to be little i'm going to say about what you're doing you know that's my words you know like i there's little i'm gonna i can 
<laughs> like I can tell you till I'm blue in the face that what you're doing is wrong, but you yeah. probably knew that, you know, you, you didn't need to hear me say that, you know, like yeah. what I can show you is what maybe good, good looks like in my life now from being in the desert. And now I can take you to water and yeah. you decide if you want to drink or not, you know, those kind of things. I know I have a story of when I was a youth pastor, there was a young kid. The parents asked me to help their son who was using drugs and drinking, partying, like most of high school was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started talking with this guy, and I shared the gospel with him, you know, and he said a prayer with me, accepted Jesus. And I said, okay, I'm going to disciple you, and I'm going to, you know, go, we're going to go through Bible studies, basically, is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to teach you the Bible, and you're going to follow Jesus. And then um, I got a phone call from his dad saying, he's not home. He's at the Seven Eleven partying with his friends. And I remember driving to the Seven Eleven and seeing him there and he was stoned out of his mind. And I remember I just like, Oh, so it's all over now. You and Jesus are done, I guess right now. Right. And I just like lay this trip on him and it's like, Oh man, I feel like such an idiot right now. when I think of some of the things I did, but that was one of those things where it was like, I'm just going to deal with, you know, what I I've said to you and what I see you doing and I'm not going to take anything else into consideration. Right. Right. And it's so unlike Jesus. And I don't know why I thought that's what I had to do in the name of Jesus. But uh, yeah, because what that, you know, the, uh, I know it's crazy, uh, it's that's like, crazy for sure. I know. It's like, Oh <clears throat> man. It's like, I'm yeah. But like the, the sorry, opposite dude. side of, of the, uh, the coin of knowing people's wants, I think discipleship, should look like Jesus because that's what he calls us to to do is love like him. Yeah. So I think I think the if we become put ourselves in the place of Jesus and looking for people's wants, we have to be careful when we see them because we are holding the mirror. Sometimes yeah. we might be the one to be Jesus' voice in the moment and say, "Well, what do you want?" And we have been, you know. Yeah. And we can think of the people in our head that we've done that with, and. Uh, so we might say something like, oh, so what do you want? And then they might tell you. And then later to use that against them to shame them or, yeah. like, talk about the worst thing you could do. And I think it's so normal. The poorest thing we could have normalized in Christian culture was to, like, be okay condemning. And I think yeah. that – and I'm still having conversations to this day where people are like, well, you have to tell them the truth. Loving them is telling the truth. But there's a way to tell them the truth without – Telling them, yeah. you know, you know, there's like, there's a, and it's not pandering either. It's like, there's, yeah. yeah well, there, and like, there's a deeper truth, right? right. Yeah, there's yeah. a deeper truth than the fact that Peter denied him, right? The deeper truth is that there was self-preservation. The deeper truth was that there was fear. The The deeper truth is there was a lack of trust in what Jesus had said, right? right? And, and that was the deeper truth. It, the denying was actually, you know, just a symptom the, or something. Yeah. It, it was the symptom of the, the problem and so sometimes we're trying to deal with symptoms and we never get to the real problem right you know and we're saying that that's true here's the truth yeah but you're not dealing with it you know the yeah. reason you know i can't do this isn't because i've got a cut on my arm it's because the arm is broken you know and you're not dealing with a broken arm you're just putting wanting to put a band-aid on it to say this is what you need to focus on um yeah it, it, and sometimes it takes a long time to get to the deeper truth it does. And I think partially of why Jesus said there's a new commandment is mm-hmm. because we were taking the other commandments 
and taking the love out of them, you know? And he was like, yeah, if you could just do this, then the other ones will fall <laughs> under that, you know, yeah. like you can't cheat on your wife while you're loving your neighbor, you know, like yeah. while you're lo loving them in the same, you know, it's like yeah. these things. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and he, you know, was with them for three years. It wasn't like just one day he had a Sunday morning meeting and said, right. here's what to do. Yeah. You know, he lived with them and journeyed with them and showed them by his life. Um, another question, last question, is there anything like in this model that concerns you? And when I say concern, it's not like, oh, I think it's wrong, but concerns you maybe even in um, things, ways that can be taken wrong um, or ways that you feel a little too, you know, something about it. Um, I think having these conversations like any, cause anytime you make a model that is general, then mm -hmm. people start placing stuff in the underground Other. or like they just start <laughs> filling it in. Yeah. And, and I, I think the danger is if you take any model and then template it in any situation and then now you are like, Sam said, if I, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, if we just, you just, he just turned you into the Bible. And I think what, why the relationship part is so important and why you have to go through this stuff with, with your, a trust circle and accountability mm -hmm. and, um, is so that you can dissect the, use it as a tool to place, yeah. you know, yeah. more nuance in those things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of this was to get out of the binary, right? Yeah. Grace yeah, and yeah. truth. And add just a little bit more, but yeah, you could slice this up like a pizza, right? You yeah. could you could have all kinds of parts to it, and probably nuance it to to a lot deeper detail. Um, but that is a good point, right? So that we don't think, okay, I know how it works now. Right, I got to <laughs> figure it out. I, I got I got the diagram. This is just to give us a ballpark that we can play in. Right, 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 yeah. And you're talking about large, large concepts, so like yeah. grace and truth. I mean, talk. Have ask somebody tomorrow what what is it what is truth you know and yeah. see how that conversation goes but I you know like so that yeah. in itself is something that to digest I mean even through this I've been redefining at least what I've learned grace to be yeah you know grace is unmerited favor yeah. it's like no grace is journeying with you through life yeah that's good right? and, and so there's yeah it includes one but it's so much more you know yeah so. the unmerited favor is like the the, what they teach you in, in church or yeah. Bible school or something. Like, yeah. It's the seminary yeah, answer, yeah, you know, yeah. go look at the dictionary and here's what it says. Yeah. And that's where people get into word studies. Oh, let's get into the word studies and see what the words mean. But just knowing what a word means doesn't know, doesn't take into consideration all that it was to encapsulate, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, so many times we cheat ourselves by just Oh, we're going to get the information right. And we're in the words works category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and we, we don't get below the surface into what was going on. Because how do you know, again, tonality? How do you know motivation of why Jesus said these things or did these things or the way he did them? Yeah. You know, those things are hard to see. And so we can't make decisions just based on words alone. Right. They're just guidances. Any final takeaways, things that you want to drop on us here at the end, closing? Um, I mean, I think what's cool is that, uh, like, because I've seen this image before, and you know where I've seen it is uh, 
it's typically one of those posters at the dentist or like a school where it says like <laughs> like the tip of the iceberg <laughs> and then like yeah. the actual iceberg, you know? And yeah. I think um the it's cool if you think of it like that because if it is an iceberg, you know that the words and the works is a preview of the wants, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's like a though they are like you said they're working together but it's like if you can hear somebody say something and see what they're doing you could like you could be like oh there's a huge Hmm. there's a huge thing on the bottom that's like that you can um that will like if i dig you know a little bit um, yeah i I could get to you know it's not the end all be it's not the actual it's a piece you know so it's like which in both the case judas and peter right yeah it's like here's what they're saying doing there's still a lot more going on. Yeah, yeah. But that's telling you, it's kind of giving you that direction. It's giving you an insight yeah. for sure. Yeah. Cool. Ooh, cool. Little investigation. Yeah. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you. Appreciate right. it. Thank you guys for, Thank for you. joining. Uh, Eileen Gill, uh, Alex. Alex and Randy. Thank you guys for joining in. Um, didn't get any questions. I, I didn't ask at the beginning too. Sorry for that. Um, but anyway, hope to see you guys Sunday if you're able to make it. Thank you guys for tuning in and being with us tonight. And God bless you guys. Stay safe. Stay in touch. Take care. You have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.